Hi, I'm Doran Hart, and welcome to this week's Super 8 podcast, kindly sponsored by the Hudson Pettit Hotel Group and Syncom, Syncom Recruitment. This week's competition is kindly sponsored by Jen Murphy Sketches. Just like and share and comment on our competition post on sportstalk.ie face page, and you could win a custom sketch designed from Jen. And if you haven't seen any of them sketches, they're definitely something to behold. The winner will be announced on our page. Delighted to welcome Sean Hogue onto the podcast once again this week, and always a mind of information. Hello, Sean Hogue, how are you doing? Doran, how are you, mate? Great, no, not lost me. Before we get started on, uh, I suppose, that in sports talk related, uh, Sean Hogue, I was reading an article in the paper during the week that you've been mooted as a Fianna Fáil representative in the next uh, election. Um, is there anything you'd like to deny or um, copper fast in that statement? Christ, Doran, news, news travels fast, lad. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been a busy week, man. My phone has been hopping. Um, I was, this day last week, I had the honour of speaking at the Sean Moylan commemoration, which is held in Kishkeem every year to get a guest speaker. So I, I got an invite there about two months ago to speak at it. Doran, for old generation, right? Okay, you mentioned the name Sean Moylan, and I bet you None of them wouldn't have heard of them. And if they did, they must know their history very well or they know their rebel songs. And the reason why I did it, Doran, was to pay respects to those great kind of freedom fighters in the War of Independence, put their life and limb for the freedom of the country. And then God knows, you know, like... Like, without their resistance against the British, God knows we could be looking at, I, I could be looking outside looking at a Union Jack. That was the main reason why, that was the main reason why I did it, uh, to pay respects to that, that guy. But his story is kind of, gets more unique then, Doran, because basically um, a lot of those fellas that fought in the trenches during the War of Independence, you know, like obviously that came up to the treaty in 1921, you know, a divided opinion. You had guys who were pro-treaty and guys who were anti-treaty. Sean Moylan was anti-treaty. Then you had the Civil War then for a couple of years, which was very sad because basically you had guys during the War of Independence fighting together. They were killing each other then during the, war, uh, during the Civil War. But Sean Moylan went to politics afterwards because basically he left the gun behind him. Unlike a lot of fellas like that he would have, you know, kind of soldiered with. Um, and he threw his life wholeheartedly into politics. And he became a TD for Fianna Fáil and served in a few ministerial positions then for a number of years. So look, um, between a long story short then... When I got the invite, I was on too delighted. It's a great event. I should have known. When you look at when you look at the previous speakers, dominated by Fianna Fáil uh, TDs or you know Fianna Fáil like high echelon representatives. So that's how <laughs> that's how afterwards. Then my phone started ringing left, right, and centre. Is it true? Am I right? You know, am I running? Uh, am I running for Fianna Fáil? Um, and the reality is, I won't be. I, I, like, I'd like to know what's going on in politics, but I don't see myself having a life in politics. And this is, and this is what you call it, where I've been ducking, I've been, I've been ducking kind of national media for the last couple of weeks, or, uh, for the last week, sorry. So I'm giving an exclusive here on the Super A's podcast. No, I won't be running for Fianna Fáil, and no, I won't be involved in politics in any form or fashion, even though I do like to know what's going on. Absolutely fascinating story, Sean Hogg. Uh, thanks a million. I suppose it was a pleasure to get, no to, worries, get, right. to, get to talk. If you if you were to run for politics, is there one thing that you would change with the with the before we start on the sport and element of the of the podcast? Is there anything that you would change within the government? Um, do, 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 I suppose, like to be honest, Donna, I I suppose I have one eye on what's going on in underage because I'm involved with a few underage teams, and what worries the hell out of me is like the um. 
you know, the, um, the distractions that go on with the misuse of alcohol and drug abuse. Like, so if there's one thing I'd like to see, do you know what I mean, kind of from a country point of view, is tackling that issue head on. I suppose another thing, you can never get enough of sporting facilities around the place. Like, I suppose that's another, another area like, uh, I'd like this, I would like to see improved. As a citizen of Ireland, anyone was knocking on my door who was wholeheartedly interested in tackling those issues, they'd get my vote. I suppose we better get down to the club action. And it was a bumper weekend and probably hurling more so than football. There's only one game up, up in Ulster. But a great, great win from the Piercy down in Munster. They're 315 to 210 winners over Ballygunner. Sean Oak, did you get to see any of it? Or what's your thoughts on the Piercy, your namesakes there up in Limerick? It's great to see the Napiercy name doing well and winning the Munster club title. Um, they were a re- remarkable effort, man, because BSC, that was their fourth Munster title win in seven years, which is some going, like, you know what I mean? And which like, kind of rubber stamps their superiority like in the club hurling scene no I actually saw the game and would you believe it at Doran you know like I know there was a lot of sport going on across all cores right this by far in my view over the weekend was the best spectacle like great game of hurling man do you know what I mean it was a, it was a fantastic game of hurling I know the scoreline in the end suggested that the Pearsig won handy but they didn't I'm telling you this went down to the wire and it was only the brilliance of David Breen towards the end. He got a, sorry, his brother Aidan got a goal, and then David Breen then sealed it, like, in a, uh, well into injury time. There was four minutes injury time. He sealed it to give Napiercig, like, kind of eight-point difference in the end. But it was a rip-roaring contest, like, and I'm a bit biased because I'm from Munster, but, like, when you see Munster hurling, like, at its best, there's no equal, man. What a game. Great game. I know. Um, but you'd have to say that the Pear Street Falls were probably the difference. Um, Ali Gunner relied on their inter-county man, Parag Omani, and the fella Peter Hogan, who caught my eye today with the old helmet. Um, I thought he looked busy uh, up in the Ballygonner forward line. But you compare that to the Napier Street forward line, but they were, uh, they were like, their second half shift to them was immense, man. You know, um, it's forwards win games for you, and then in the pier she had better forwards today than Ballygunner, and that's what probably shaded it. Like, but um, Ballygunner had probably more dominance in the first half, but unfortunately for them, they only went in the break only a point ahead. You know, um, I suppose a true reflection of their superiority in the first half would have been like a four or five point lead, but they didn't. They only went to point to, a point ahead at half time. The Pearsig regrouped, and in the second half, then man, they just upped their work rate. But but for me, do you know what? Like hurling one out in the end, man. It was a, it was a it was a pure classic case of Munster Championship hurling at its best, man. You know. Yeah, I know. Just like to take you up on that point there, Sean Og. I was in the Viva there Tuesday night for the Ireland qualifier game, and I spent 125 quid on that ticket. And I was down at the intermediate final down in Munster today in the Gaelic ground. Yeah. I spent a, t- a tenner on that ticket, and the difference, chalk and cheese, the you value got I got value for money. Under that, did you? Yeah, you said that yeah. was a ripping as well did you yeah kinda. yeah it was an unbelievable game went extra time so it did and your fellow f- fellow countryman Kenturk came out I think it was uh, 123 to 25 points and it was just the atmosphere and Munster Club I've done a couple of inter-county games but uh, probably first time down at a, an inter-club uh, game and I thought, just thought that it was an unbelievable contest the skill and the intensity was, was serious going I mean look with the scores alone like, where, like what was the score line uh, in that game down the Gaelic grounds, one twenty. What was it? One twenty-three. Twenty-five points. Yeah. Yeah, like so. Like BSC. Um, I mean, 
like in fairness, like even a bad game of hurling, you're guaranteed scores. Like, do you know what I mean? Kind of. Um, uh, but when you get a when you get a good when you get a right game of hurling, like with two evenly teams going at it, you know it's magic. Like, and like you're afraid to yawn or blink your eyes because you'd miss. You know, you could miss three or four scores like that. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, and um, and you find us with the club game as well. It's it's probably it's probably as pure as natural as you can get. Do you know what I mean? It's not as cynical as what we see what goes on at the county level, and it's just pure heart gut, and it's just like where you're from. It's more parochial. I'd have to feel sorry for Bally Gunner because basically I think that was their ninth. Is it is it is this semi final and final right combined? It's their ninth it's their ninth last like, you know, kinda um like they've been they've been tipping, do you know what I mean? They've been knocking at it all, like getting there like but they must be wondering what they need to do, like, you know. Come next year door and they'll be there again, like, because they see like there was a couple of new faces there that I saw young fellas now. They just have a conveyor belt coming through, like. Yeah, I think so. I definitely concur with that from listening to the report on the radio. Uh, elsewhere in the Club Hurling Championship, there was good wins for both Kula and Kilarmacalahi in the Leinster Championship over Mount St. Leinster Rangers and St. Martins, respectively. No major shocks in this one, Sean Ogan. It probably sets up a decent final. Uh, it does indeed. Uh, no, I agree with you. I would concur with that. Having said that, though, um, it'll want to take a phenomenal effort from Kilcarmock to beat Kula, I think. The Pearce Limit kinda they, they look strong coming to Munster. I I I'd love to see Kula going head in, you know, head on against the Pearce Limit. I think that's gonna be a rip roaring club final if it does materialise that way. Look, I'm sure the Galway you know, the Galway chance and whoever uh, probably Schlappy yeah. yeah. I know Kula beat them well in the semi final last year. Um if they're anything to go by the football like do you know what I mean? Like they won't be easy to beat. Um uh, so look, I know there's a lot of look there's a lot of hurling left, but I just get the sense like that Kula versus Napierce are probably the two strongest teams in it. Kilcormack and Dara Merriton less the final in two weeks time and look, I'm sure they'll have a right rattle of Kula. Martins were plucking off in the first half, um, to be fair to him, you know, um, I suppose they were dealt a hammer blow, they were missing, like, uh, like they're probably, they're probably marquee forward, Rory O'Connor, George O'Connor was, he's, you know, George O'Connor's his dad, George, kind of one of my idols growing up, great hurler for Wexford in the 80s and 90s, Rory was a huge loss for him up front, and when you have, the loss of a great player like that, and then when you have a great player in Conor Callaghan on the other side, who was causing like kind of huge damage, um, I mean, that literally that literally decided the contest, you know. Um, and in particular, the first half, Kula got a, two goals within a minute, and you could sense like that. Uh, it was going to be an uphill battle for St. Martins after that, which it was. I definitely agree with you there. Just, just I suppose the Galway Championship comes down to comes down to the final next weekend. It's very very late in the year to having a, a county final. Uh, I think it's Gort versus Liam Mellows in the final of that one. Do you think it's unfair that the Galway Champions go straight into an All Ireland semi final, or do you think, seeing as the GA is all about change at the minute, do you think they should be put into a Leinster a Leinster Club Championship? If the into county format is Galway going to the Leinster Championship, then that should follow suit for the club. You know. And I'm sure, do you know what? And I'm sure the Leinster, sorry, and I'm sure the Galway champions wouldn't mind that either. 
rather than going into... But then again, do you know what? I'm only thinking out loud here now. Uh, but in my view, I think the Galway champ should go into... That they shouldn't go in straight away kind of into an all club semi-final. But do you know what? They, they like the fact that they've... The reason why they've ended uh, having to play the county final next week is because of the Galway... I suppose, you know, Galway getting to the all Ireland final this year. Yeah, I think there was a fallout uh, as well between Port Tumna as well. There was a bit of a debate, and I think it went to a few different meetings. Or them and Turlock Moore when it's in dispute over certain results as well. So, I think that's why it's getting. Oh, all right, okay. No, no, no. That wouldn't. Have, yeah, that wouldn't have helped it either. But um, usually, uh, teams that get to the all Ireland final, you know, their county championship is probably you know one of the one of the last to be played. So, um, but. Uh, yeah, like like back to the cooler game today, you know, kinda it's amazing it's amazing Durham what a year of experience those all Ireland champions does like, you know, in the second half man, they just hurl with great confidence like. Even if St. Martins had Rory O'Connor and even if they had the former grace of the eighties and nineties, you know, kinda I don't think even if they were there till midnight they wouldn't have beaten Kula. I can feel her love for Kula here. Uh, if you if you had uh, twenty euro to stick on the nose, who's going to win the inter or the senior club championship? I do you know what? Napierschik for me. No, I I think that not because not because I heard with uh, a club that shares their same name in Cork. Um, I, I I just like the balance of their team, Doran. If if you want to if you want to go physical with them, they'll, they'll play physical with you. They're a skillful team, um, uh, and they just work hard for each other. So um, if I was to pick a winner already, I'd probably side with Limerick, you know. But I'd love to see them and Kula going at it. Great stuff, Sean Og and the hurling. Um, I suppose moving on to international rules series. Um, after a real promising start in Perth. Uh, Ireland were defeated 53-50. Um, it was a really, I thought it was a real, really, uh, uh, traditional contest. I thought they were very competitive by both teams. Uh, I think Australia probably played to their strengths a bit more than Ireland did towards the end. I don't think Ireland used the ball as good as they should should have. What was your thoughts on it, Sean Og? Yeah, similar to you, Dora man. Do you know what? Um, it was just unfortunate this year didn't uh, the international rules didn't it didn't catch. The nation here and probably likewise in Australia, you know, compared to other years, because if you were to look accordingly, the two games, they were fine spectacles. I, I, I thought yesterday's game was a fantastic game, though. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, yeah, I mean, like it was, man. I had everything in it. You had, you had, you had the dust up at half time. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, um, like for me, the highlight of yesterday's game was the high feeling on both sides. Do you know, kind of, Aidan O'Shea and Kevin Feely in the Irish side, uh, Fantastic on the middle of the park, you know, kind of catching puck out, sorry, catching kick outs, what you call it, your great scores, do you know what I mean, kind of from both sides. Um, and uh, it was just played played in a very good spirit outside of that lead that broke out. It was just played in a very good spirit. The bottom line, Doran, I think Australian professionalism just, just about got them over the line. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, it, it was going to happen that the Irish were going to run out of steam and they weren't going to sustain that for the four quarters. And that's what happened when the Ireland started, when, when, when Ireland were looking for petrol tickets to run in the second half. Um, and when the gap was down, when the, mind, when the bodies were tired, mentally, the mind went tired. And that's where a lot of the uh, mistakes crept in, Doran. 
But for all of that, Doran, like, you know, like, it took a massive effort from Australia, like, you know, kind of uh, just to get them over the line. I, I, I think both camps can be relatively happy, do you know what I mean, like, with the, with the, with, with the last two games. And um, Australia, Australia were deserving winners of the series, I think. And I know Mr. Curran doesn't, wouldn't agree with my views. This is a concept worth, you know what I mean, pursuing. Pursuing. And, and, and for me, what, like, the things that I take out of it is, like, what can we learn from, what can we learn from international rules games that can be adapted into the Gaelic football game, right? I think the two referees, I mean, it's, it's worth a look at. Do you know what I mean? Having the two referees, like, you know? Um, so you have a referee in each half, uh, and it just takes the ambiguity out of the referee having to make a call from 50 yards or because he just can't keep up with the play. Do you know what I mean? Can I, so, so that kick out where, or the restart, where it has to go beyond 45 metres, their technique where they close the fist and they seem to hand pass a ball, bullet speed, where it just breaks, like instead of a lobbing, instead of a lobbing, looping hand pass, they can just, they can just a bullet pass out of the hands. Um, from an Irish perspective, um, Sean, who do you think were, were apart from Conor McManus, who was the obvious one, he got there this series from an Irish point of view. Yeah. Who else oh, impressed you? Fantastic man. Uh, I tell you who else impressed me. Like Shane Walsh yesterday, man. What an effort. Do you know what I mean? Kinda, he was up against some of the quickest midfielders in Aussie rules, like, and he was giving him the. He he was just he was just running past him like Usain Bolt. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. I know he's finishing at times left and down, right? He's feeling athleticism, but he was a joy to behold, like, you know, could, uh, so I thought, I thought he put in a, a very, a, a, an excellent issue. Michael Murphy, um, not as dominant yesterday, especially towards, when the game, especially towards the end of the game, not as dominant as he was in the first game, but I thought he had a, I thought he had a great series. Um, Aidan O'Shea, I thought, gave great leadership. You know, in fairness to him, kind of, um, uh, like, through his way about, like, throughout the game, do you know what I mean? Kind of, he was getting stuck into the Australians, like, uh, and then, and then that's important as well, like, because uh, if, if, if you let the opposition know, like, that they can walk all over you, like, they will. But it's no shame, in fairness to him, like, whether he was involved himself directly or whether his own teammates were, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, getting pushed around, he was coming in like enforcing stuff like so, and I thought that was great from a captain and leadership point of view. I thought, uh, uh, I, I, I thought his feeling around the middle of the park there, where Kevin Feely like were, but uh, I thought they were majestic. Um, just, just on 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 that Aidan O'Shea thing, uh, do you think he gets unwanted warranted criticism? He seems to be a bit like cannon fodder for the media throughout the year this year, no matter what he done with Mayo as well. Do you think he he comes in for unfair criticism? I think he has to cop. I uh, I think he cops like unwarranted criticism now, like you know, uh, I really whether he's just whether because he's just a big fella and he's in just an easy target. Do you know what I mean? The usually gonna bigger they are, uh, the harder they fall. That type of attitude, like whether he just gets single out, um, um, uh, and it's like. <sighs> It's like the Boston Red Sox there, like, and whenever, like, whenever they didn't win, like, it was the curse of the, you know, it was the curse of Babe Ruth, like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, whenever Mayo lose, like, I sure ain't no shit, ain't no shit, like, which is wrong, do you know what I mean? Can I, uh, 
I know there are some days where he doesn't play up the form, but hand in heart, man, I think consistently, like, he, I, I think he plays well. Do you know what I mean? Consistently, he plays well. He gives a great shift. And then, I mean, what more can you ask for? Like, I thought he captain Ireland tremendously well. And then from what I was reading, kind of, you know, garnered huge respect from the from the Australians. I think it's about time that they lay off him. No, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, lay off Aidan O'Shea and what you call it, uh, and then and then and then enjoy or marvel for what he brings to the game. Like, yeah, I know. I think he's definitely this especially where he played this year. He played a full back, at centre forward, midfield, full forward for Mayo, and he, I think he gave it gave us all wherever he played. Um, just moving on to the Dublin players, um, Jack McCaffrey and James McCarthy, they were kind of up in arms over suggestions by Dick Clark and that they, they snubbed the series and they seem to be um, certainly against him and his, his suggestions there. Do you think, Sean Og, um, that they could have done things a bit differently or do you think that they snubbed the series? Um, look, I, 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 I can see why people are up in arms, why, uh, why none of the Dublin players didn't commit, you know, um, uh, to the international rules this year. Um, whatever chance we had, with probably the best Dublin fellas on it beating Australians. I mean, it was going to make the task unbelievably, you know, more difficult if we didn't have the Dublin players. And then that's what uh, that's what that's what played out over the last two games. You know, um, here's my top ones worth, right? I wouldn't necessarily blame. The Dublin players necessarily for not being there. I don't think. Uh, uh, I don't think it was all entirely their fault. I think. I think it was just. It was to the detriment of their success at. Do you know what I mean? Winning the All Ireland this year, where the club championships then you know only started off at the latter stage. If I was put in that it's you know scenario where. I was still in the club championship and international rules. I mean, the club was always going to come first in that scenario. Do you know what I mean? And that's what happened to Dear McConley, the Ballymont Kickhams fellas. Do you know what I mean? Can, um, look, there's a, there could be a point made too, Doran, that Dublin fellas are after winning three in a row. Um, it, can be, it can be a long season. And in the fairness here, can I... Like, I know there's a gun that put to your head that you have to play with Ireland, you know, it's their choice in the end of the day. Um, uh, and I get that, right? We talk about Dublin being not alone a great team, but a great panel. What about the lesser fellas that we don't really, that don't get to see much action, but they're nearly as good as the first 15 Dublin fellas? Eric Lones would have been, in my view, he would have been an addition. Paddy Andrews up front would have been, you know, uh, uh, would have been an addition. A couple other guys there, do you know what I mean? Kind of equally would have been an addition. I, I, I felt it could have had it could have had a Dublin presence. See, on the other side too, door and like Richmond won the grand final. There was no Richmond player. There was no Richmond player on the what you call it on the Australian side. I often quizzed. I often queried whether Australia had the same interest. Uh, in my view. Uh, Australia have shown more than enough from this year and probably from the last two or three outings that they're looking at this seriously as well. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then, and then do you know what? The talks, of, the talks of the series probably going to America next year, which might be a bad idea altogether. Like. 
bring it to a new crowd. Yeah, no, it certainly seems, it seems to be working well with the NFL, bringing their a couple of games to London and so forth. Um, I, I think I think what I would be proud of though is the Irish athleticism I thought it held up very well Sean Ogre I'd like to see what you thought of that like uh, I thought Killian Clark when he came on and as you said uh, Shane Walsh they were unbelievably athletic they might not have the physical ability but I think athletically I think we need to be proud of ourselves the way they were developing athletes uh, as an amateur sport yeah funny enough and then like not alone did I see the RTE like not alone did I see the RTE coverage but I saw the Australian coverage of the international rules and then um uh, one of their like Ty Canelli was on their what you call it. Uh, uh, he, he was on their commentary panel, but one of the guys on it, Mark Bickley, a former Adelaide Crows player, he's a great player with Adelaide in the 90s. He 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 commented. He says Geez, like he played international rules in the zero zeros, and he just commented looking at the Irish fellas like when they were warming up in the dressing room. He says like he says she's gone in the days where you played Ireland like where. You knew their ball skills were very good, but physically, like, do you know what I mean? Kind of, they weren't as strong. But he says, looking at the Irish girls now, like, looking at their physiques have changed an awful lot, do you know, which was complimentary, do you know what I mean, to, to, to the Gaelic there. Um, um, as much the other lads like yourself. No, no, no. We were, we were fast lads living in supermax and McDonald's. Very you, I think you were In all these places. But uh, I, I, I couldn't be more impressed. With Ireland, especially especially their pressure play in the first and second quarter, but unfortunately, as the game wore on, we just got tired and tired. The thing about it, like Australia deserved to win the series, but I thought Ireland probably on the for yesterday probably deserved probably to win the game if that made sense. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, just, another thing I would just, take over there, Deshaun. I just take over. I think Joe Kerner made a big mistake not bringing players out the first day. Um, that's, that's oh, right. yeah, I think yeah. from a management point of view if you're going into that kind of level of professionalism you can't really afford to be going into them games especially with the heat that was out there I know they brought a couple last year and they probably didn't had a few on standby last year and they probably didn't end up using them and maybe they were giving out about the cost this year and so forth but I think there should have been a few more players on standby and they could have limited the damage maybe in the first day um, with a couple of more yeah, players yeah, and they could have yeah. been a bit closer because here's the funny thing about it like you're right you make a great point there Um uh, they left themselves with a huge, you know, with a bit of a battle to claw back, which they they eroded that in the first quarter, no problem. You know, they got two goals and didn't weren't Ireland. Ireland were ahead in that. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were like, well up. Good, they were you know, like for the second, third quarter, like um, they didn't have that ten point deficit. Who knows what would have happened? Like Australia, Australia yesterday went into that game. With only four interchange players, Ireland had eight available to him. No, that is valid point, and I do get, I, I do get it. Um, it was having fell short in the rotations the first game, like definitely hampered Ireland's like kind of. Probably that bout of sickness as well, but I think you're right. What you said earlier on, you said that they probably did use up a bit too much petrol early on, and then probably didn't have enough down the stretch. Then we know that we need to concede that, so we need to make that up in other ways. And we're probably just not capitalising on our Irish ball skills as much as we should or as much as teams in the past did. Sean Og, your passion for, for the international rules and for Aussie rules in general knows no bounds. I say you could talk about it all right. But uh, it's okay if we might move on to something else. I, wanted, I suppose yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about over the last few weeks and um, it's something that you, probably you were involved in yourself. And it's, Looking back at my time playing with Westmead over the eight years, um, to, just... To, 
one probably situation probably doesn't maybe it's not one of my regrets but it doesn't probably sit well with me and it was probably the standoff in 2010 which led to the then manager uh, walking away or resigning after the league's position and I tell you why it doesn't really sit well with me probably one because we were Westmead we probably didn't have a, a history of a success and um, we were the player players trying to probably see, see when we get rid of the manager and another way uh, there's a few players in the dressing room who young players who real quality who never really kicked the ball in anger after that and I suppose history looking back on it now that shows the results probably didn't improve over the next few years and in 2009 yeah. you were involved in probably a similar standoff that led to the Gerald McCarthy stepping aside and is there anything that you do different in that situation or looking back now or, or were you a better team for it do you think? There's a day that doesn't go by Doran that I don't think about it man you know kind of like it does scare you, man. You know, like you, like, it does scare you, like, because basically, in the end of the day, you just want to play, like, you know, and the last thing you want to do is being caught in controversy or in the feud where you don't tools, like, you know, against the nature of what you want to do, like, you know. Um, uh, we were involved in three, you know, um, uh, three feuds with the county board. First one in 2002. Second one in 2007, and then you had the last one in 2009, which was probably the worst of them all, like, you know, uh, and as you said, Jeremy McCarthy had to step down. One of Cork's greatest hurlers ever, do you know what I mean, like, and then, um, uh, uh, and then time does go by when you kind of think about stuff and kind of um, see, oh, position was a bit different, uh, sorry, not that it was a bit different, but the problem, the problem with all one, the players felt in their own minds that they were 100% right and nothing in their mind was going to change anything. On the other side then, I know George McCarthy, I know George McCarthy had to vacate the position, but it was the board really that we had the angst over. It wasn't George McCarthy, like, it was the board, like, do you know what I mean? And the board, uh, like, in my view, the board were pushing George McCarthy to stay in there, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like and then poor George, poor George seemed to be like, he was the face of the board's kind of battle of war against us. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, and 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 the board, the board in their, the board in their mind weren't gonna concede to the players like not once, not twice. Do you know what I mean? And, and not for a third. Like sorry, in a lot of people's eyes, they'd seen, they seen they were seen to lose the battle twice previously, and there was no way that the board were gonna concede a third time in a row. So that's why. That's why that feud went on longer than the previous two. Um, and the point that I'm trying to make was there weren't going to be there weren't going to be any reconciliation in that situation because both sides were so entrenched in their beliefs, like there was there weren't going to be a compromise. There was going to be a fallout, you know. Um, and then and then unfortunately that fallout was Gerald McCarthy having to step down as manager. And and to be honest, Doran, it was it was the beginning of the end for a lot of us. Like uh, Dennis Walsh came in, a couple of guys like were told like that there were surplus of requirements. Do you know what I mean? Like and then year two years after that, new faces started coming in, and the team that I once knew, you know, kind of was totally different. Like and then the compound matters worse. Doran, I'm sure if we came back and won an all or a monster championship. In a lot of people's minds, it probably would have justified what we did, but we didn't. We were nowhere near. It took Cork, it took Cork 
four years to get to an all Ireland final, but more or less like a different team at that stage. Do you know what I mean? Like, to, uh, so in a lot of people's minds, what we did was totally wrong, you know, because basically we didn't, uh, we didn't seem to kind of, we didn't seem to back it up afterwards. Like, thankfully, kind of life moves on, teams move on, sport moves on, and uh, gradually and slowly, like people involved, like back then. They've moved on with their lives. Do you know what I mean? There is most of the players are not playing anymore. Though, like they've moved on. Like, do you know what I mean? They're not there. Okay, the county board fellas are still there running the show. Like, do you know, but C L V. That's uh... yeah, I know. But I, I would, in fairness, at least you knew what standards were and you knew what it took to win in All Ireland. Like, whereas, I don't know if we can defend ours in that situation because. We yeah. didn't know, like we've only won, like 2004, we won a Leinster, like, I don't know what that kind of is, and in fairness to the man yeah. involved, Brendan, Brendan, he was involved, like, he's gone on to great success with Kildare Miners, and he's been involved with Down over, oh, over good. Yeah. and he's done well for himself, and he'd be absolutely thrilled for him, like, but I met him, I, I walked in, the first time I saw him was actually since that, was in a book signing last weekend up in Dublin, I walked in, and my uncle oh, yeah in a book and I walked in and I, I kind of went a bit squeamish like uh, I won't lie to you I was probably the only manager in history where I look back and I think he's not uh, I, I, I wasn't able to look him in the eye and that and it should, yeah, yeah it I know, and, and it shouldn't be the case but you know kind of because basically in the end of the day geez, we're, we're not, it's not like it's we're getting money for this like you know kind of we're we're, we're, we're playing like we're playing it we're playing it because it's a hobby you know what I mean like anyway we'll move on nothing we can do about them, them days now I suppose we just have to live and learn um, and if we went back now we probably maybe we probably would have done the exact same thing but on a lighter note Sean, Sean Oga I just want to know what, what made you choose hurling over football in you 99 or 2000 you were probably playing both calls and then eventually then you ended up playing hurling a simple answer right I was coming home from Dublin one evening 2001 getting ready um, to be honest though I was I, 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 I was at an event in Dublin I left Dublin late enough out of Dublin I had to be I had to be down in Cork for 7 o'clock training because we were playing Limerick in a couple of days time in the first one of the Munster Hurling Championship 2001 so I was rushing out of Dublin to make training and then I was involved in the car accident, badly injured my knee, I rushed in my patella tendon, so I was out for a year and a half and and the doctor said, Look, you're lucky enough to be back walking, not alone playing, but he says, Look, if you have any notions of playing, you could forget about playing both sports, you know, kinda of. so that was that in a nutshell decided my hurling career over football. Um, why did you Why did you choose the hurling? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Sorry. Yeah. That that forced me to choose. But why did I choose hurling over football? Okay. Various reasons, right? Um. Even though I do love playing football, do you know what I mean? Can I? Uh, uh, and I did. And then do you know what? One of my like probably my most enjoyable games during my hurling career wasn't hurling at inter-county level with Cork. It was playing club football games because there's a great release valve from the seriousness of inter-county hurling, if that made sense. Do you know what I mean? And I enjoyed my football because I didn't feel there was much pressure on me. Can I, um, but the reason why I picked football, sorry, hurling over football was because I, I'd been part of an All-Ireland winning team in hurling in 1999. If there was more trophies to be won or if there was more success, it was probably more with the hurling team than the football team. 
That's mm-hmm. why I picked hurling because I like I, uh, 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 yeah, call me Glory Hunter. <laughs> you could call me Glory if you want to. No problem with that. But that that ultimately was the main reason why I decided to hurling. Me, I play rugby league in Australia. Would you believe it or not? A bit like I, a big fan of rugby league. Yeah, I can. Uh, I prefer it to rugby union, even though I'd watch the union. But I, I so uh, yeah, I, that and cricket. I would have played cricket when I was younger. So I would have played cricket and rugby league when I was growing up. Yeah, that's probably a good good re- good release valve, is right? And probably where you got your your, your skills from to stick. Just your your um, mother's native country there, yeah, Fiji, yeah. was the weekend. They acquitted themselves fairly well in in the Aviva. Okay, you have to bear in mind, you know, Ireland made 13 changes. If Ireland had their strong team, they would have they would have beaten Fiji fairly comfortably. Like, but in fairness, kind of um, Fiji rugby wouldn't have the same resources or the same you know playing numbers as Ireland. Like, so even to put in that performance yesterday was a remarkable effort for them. Like, I know they lost, but, like, in ways, it's probably seen as a moral victory. Like, you know, um, like, I know a couple of Fijians that are living in Ireland. Would you believe that? I'm not the only Fijian living in Ireland. Like, there's a few other Fijians. Uh, and then they text me, like, after the game to say they were very proud. So, um, I think that probably showed the sentiment, you know what I mean, like, amongst the Fijians. Like, you know, kind of... But, yes, look, Ireland have bigger fish to fry, like, you know, kind of... Yeah. Yeah, well, I think they're, 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 they didn't sound very proud, especially the way the, the tree that even you could see them there, the handshakes that Michael D. Higgins, I think they endeared themselves to the Irish nation. The Fijians, the Fijians are the Irish of the Pacific. Very great natured, great natured people, laid back, but probably not as laid back as us, but they're very laid back people, man, and uh, very religious. Yeah, and another note there, mix, I suppose the mixed results for you know, another, another sport you're passionate about is boxing and mixed results for the Irish over the weekend. Uh, Paddy Barnes is probably a highlight of it. Uh, Paddy Barnes and uh, the Jackals, yeah. They, oh yeah, Carl Frampton, yeah. Uh, Frampton, they, they, had, yeah, they had good wins in the move on. Um, Jamie, Car- uh, Jamie Conlon, who's a brother of Michael. Kinda, when I saw the heading, Conlon loses, I thought it was Mike Conlon, but it was his young, younger brother, uh, older brother, I think. It was his older brother, Jamie, last. So um, I'm a big fan of Paddy Barnes. Kinda, I don't know him, but I, I've heard him being interviewed, and um, he comes across as right crack altogether. And kinda, um, good, sincere bloke. Um, Frampton, it'd be interesting to see this was his first fight. Um, having broken away from Barry McGuigan, you know, who was promoting him like so um it seemed to be a nasty split up, but he I mean he he won, he didn't have it all his way, Doran, by all accounts. I, I didn't see it. Um uh, I was just reading online reports, he didn't have it all his way. Um uh got the decision against I think he was fighting a Mexican um Look, any Mexican by the the tough hombres by the Mexicans like so to get you know um uh, to be the Mexican any day of the week man in boxing is 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 good going so hopefully hopefully uh, Cal Frampton will put himself back in the frame like of a world title uh, you know world, uh, another world title shot. Finally, uh, Sean Oak, for this week, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the same question I asked Joe Hayes last week. If, if you didn't invite anyone over for dinner to, who's alive, be it male or female, who would you, who would you take, out, take over? If I was to invite anyone, um, it would have to be probably Roger Federer for me, man. 
I, 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 I just have a man crush on him. I'm sorry, but I have a man crush. I have a man crush on Roger, man. What a, ah, oh, he's just, you know, not just his tennis, but um, like he's, he, 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 tennis is delicious, like, you know, but it's just, I mean, the class, his interviews, like he can speak German, he can speak French, he can speak English. Um, the way he kind of, uh, the way he interacts with his fans, do you know what I mean? He's cool as personified, um, comes across as very humble, you know. Um, and then, like, I mean, he's won how many how many Grand Slams? He's won no door, and he's 18, I think. He? He's I don't know, 18, man. He's a massive, phenomenal athlete. But he, he, he's like, he's, he's looking for more, like, he's going for more, like, you know, he's, uh, um, uh, and then for a fella that was supposed to be gone a couple of years ago, reinventing himself, like a fella, another fella in his position would have said, you know what, sure, I'm a Hall of Famer, you know, I probably, I'm happy with my lot. He comes back, reinvents himself with his backhand. So, like, yeah, right, like Roger Federer for me, man. Uh, Why would you cook him, Sean? Uh, Why would I cook him? Yeah. I'd probably cook him my favourite roast lamb, like a roast lamb, right? But, with raw spuds and the trimmings, and I'd probably give him, um, I'd probably give him, uh, what's the name of, what's the name of that sweet chocolate? Uh, <laughs> Lint. Mika sweet chocolate there, Judy Free there, on the way home. Probably give him that, as dessert. And finally, just so no, before we finish up this week, I suppose it's as all inter-county teams go back into pre-season, there's been a couple of yeah. naughty retirements. Um, I think Dennis Bastic has, called it quits with the Dublin team and he's got a lot of respect you can see the respect he's gained over the years by the way his teammates come out and support him and Brian Sheehan has also called it a day with Curry. yeah kind of Doran kind of as much as we try as much as we talk about you know earlier on about you know um, the great hurling game there that we saw today and kind of um, a couple of aspects of the international rules game which was a joy to behold so that's that's the enjoyment that we get out of it. Equally, you have, you know, the sadness when you see people returning from return from the game. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, and um, and then I mean, Dennis and Brian Sheen will have to deal with that. Like, you know, kind of, I mean, what has consumed their lives for the last ten, probably fifteen years now? Do you know what I mean? They go on to the next phase of life, and but, um, and I'm glad you mentioned it because basically we should always honour. And and like Joe Hayes that we spoke to last week, um, uh, we should honour we should honour the guys like that are returning that are moving on like and then I mean both Dennis and Brian, not alone did they serve their county as well, but they served the game of Gaelic football excellently as well like you know two great ambassadors for their own county. Um, Dennis Bastic for me man, kind of probably the ultimate team player. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Never got the, never got the individual accolades like his other, you know, teammates. But I don't think I like I I I I I don't think I I, I like I don't think that's what, you know, uh, that's what made him tick. It was like being part of it was being part of a machine or being part of a vital cog. Like and um, how many times did he start? Do you know what I mean? And put in a great shift and then come on or uh, come off or the vice versa where he came on and made an impact midfield. Like, and um, I mean, 
Jeez, is not bad. How many All Ireland medals does he finish up with? Is it five? Is it? No, yeah, no, five, five. Is, it, is he five? Is he five? He's finished up with five. Yeah. So, um, uh, ah man, like, can I, what a great CV to have. My, my long, my, my longest fight in memory of Dennis Basic would be that backflip during during the 2011 All Ireland final against Kerry. Do you remember that? No, can't say I do. Oh, I probably had the game. You, you, you. YouTube that man, I'm telling you. During the game, right, he gets he, I think he gets knocked down on the ground. He gets a free, so he's flat. He he he's flat lying on his back, and he yeah. does like he he. It wasn't a backflip, but he does a. It like he jumps. He he curves himself up into the air and he lands on his two feet like something that you'd see. I like. Uh, the MMA or something like that. Oh, it's I, I don't know. I, I I I I've never seen anything before and since. Jerome, can I, that that would be my life, that would be my Biden memory of the great Dennis Bastic. The flip that he did to get himself like off the pitch and his two and his two feet. Fantastic, boy. Can I, so um, fair effort, boy. Fair effort. Um, fair effort, boy. A fellow that I would deem, you know, um, a. You have the piano players and you have the piano lifters in any team. Well, he was he was a piano lifter, but he did it exceptionally well, man. And then it was it was it was it was those type of fellas like Dennis that got the likes of Bernard Allebrogan playing the piano so sweetly. Do you know what I mean? So um, and then and then what about Brian Sheen, man? Have you uh, like have you seen uh, have you seen like any dead ball? You know. I've seen the YouTube videos of him kicking freeze for his club oh. from outside, uh, from the halfway oh. line nearly. What is it? Yeah, like I was thinking, man, what Just is it in the water down in Carousive, man? But, like there must be something in, because Morris Fitz, like who I would have like saw as a teenager and like in, a, in my old years, I actually played against the king, <laughs> Morris Fitzgerald competition, but he was so elegant left and right off the ground, like, do you know what I mean? So, like Morris, Morris kind of finishes up, and then you have another guy from Carrasavin, Brian Sheen, and then what a dead ball kind of expert, like you know, kind of how many like I like dare I say he would have kicked the ball on with then I would have popped it, you know, kind of <laughs> great, phenomenal, like great player, kind of probably probably never, eh. Uh, Probably never kind of nailed down a prominent position, but he was an important guy for him. Like, do you know, if that made sense. Do you know yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, he probably made was, sense. Kind of, was wasn't a regular, wasn't a regular like kind of, but he was some impact player, man. Do you know what I mean? To kind of uh, to, to have on like, and um, uh, so uh, yeah, kind of, but does. Like it must be, it must be so gratifying for those two fellas. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Look, I'm sure. Like, can I? I'm sure. Like, I, I like, I caught, like, I, 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 I caught a coach there before. He says, if you look back in your career and can honestly say that you, uh, uh, yeah. So if you look back in your career and can honestly say that you didn't give it a hundred percent, he said you'll end up a frustrated person and. So it must be gratifying for the likes of Dennis and Brian, you know, finishing up their careers knowing that they probably did give it 100%, like, and then not alone that, 
but they have they have the medals to show for it as well, like you know. So um, so well done to the board of them, and you know, well done, well done, well, uh, and, and then best of luck, best of luck to them in uh, in the next few years of their lives. You know. Yeah, I think in fairness to the board lads, I'd say they wrung every bead of sweat out of their the ability that they had, and um, best, best of luck to them from uh, in going forward from all of us here on on, on Super Eights. I could Absolutely. I could probably say talking to Sean Ogle all night, but uh, unfortunately time has run out on us, and that brings an end to our Super Eights podcast this week. Don't forget to tune in to our the milkman I put the kettle on a couple of hours ago. I'd say it'd be fairly cold at this stage, Sean Ogle, but we're worry about that. No problem, Mike. Come here, it was a pleasure talking to you, Doran. Great stuff, Sean Ogle. Talk to you next week. Top man as usual. Looking forward to talking to you next week.